0: Welcome to mental loops. This show is all about learning to hack your brain in order to start dreaming bigger, programming your brain to work for you, not against, and to hear stories of others who have already done so. If we can imagine in our minds, we can create it in our lives. I'm your host, Ariana Yahya. Let's begin. This week, I will be posting about a mastermind that I am going to be holding for you all. Um, it's going to be a small container for people who want to gain clarity on what their purpose is and how to reach their goals, or even uh, people who don't have set goals yet, uh, but would like to do so, who would like to come up with what it is that they want out of their lives. And so I my promise with this mastermind would be to have you walk away after four weeks really knowing what a major goal is in your life and the micro steps or the rocks to get there. And so um, it's going to be a community of like-minded people that are going to encourage each other and get coached and trained and uh, taught by me week in and week out for four weeks. Um, So if this is something you are interested in, please uh, let me know, DM me, contact me on any of the social media platforms this will be a fast-paced mastermind so i only am looking for people who are determined who have committed to reaching a goal and who have committed to wanting to change their brain so that they can reach these goals with help of others because you guys you don't have to do it yourself um there are so many people out there that are on the same page and the best way to learn is through community is through building a tribe building a um a container where we can all be in this together so love to hear from you um and here is the next episode hello hello welcome to another episode i am going to introduce someone to you who I actually just recently met through a an amazing mastermind that we've both been part of. And she is now officially my mastermind sister. And um, <laughs> because we are growing together in this container with um, other women. And as we were talking, I figured as I was hearing her story, and I was as I was hearing what she's doing, I thought that my audience would really enjoy hearing from her because she is actually a relationship coach Um, and she has a very powerful story um, of immigrating to the U.S. like I know so many of my listeners including myself um, have migrated to this beautiful country (laughs) and she's going to tell us about um, you know how to have a a good mindset for good relationships and so without further ado I'm going to um, hand it over to you Ina.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me um, on your platform and being able to share my voice. And I'm just super grateful that we met and we got to connect and um, create this beautiful sisterhood between us. Um, So just to kind of let you guys know a little bit about me, um, I came to the US in 1992. And shortly after we came here, my parents um, ended up getting divorced because they were not able to handle the immigration process. Um, and it, you know, the, their union just collapsed. And so um, what ended up happening was uh, about a year later, my mom remarried and that union stuck um, because it was entirely opposite of the previous marriage. And so because of this, I was able to observe firsthand the differences between what a healthy relationship and what an unhealthy relationship looks like at a very, very young age. Um, At the time I was eight years old when they divorced. And as I grew older, I gained an even deeper perspective and a deeper understanding from my own personal experiences uh, dealing with and ultimately freeing myself from toxic and very unhealthy relationships of my own. And I believe that um, as, you know, we all go through uh, these unhealthy relationships, uh, what ended up happening was the pain and the challenges um, not only helped me better identify my own problem areas, but they also enabled me to pretty much emphasize compassionately with individuals, you know, who have, who have similar struggles. Um, And so... My mission then became to really help uh, women, women who were single, who were successful, really gain clarity, um, gain the confidence needed to attract a quality, relationship minded individuals. So that's kind of how it all started from a very, very young age, you know, witnessing my parents and then um, going through my own lots of failed uh, relationships, I guess you should you could say. So yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit more about, like, what um, what does your work entail and how, you know, how do you work with people and what are you really the experts um, at within that field? How does it, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so that's a really great question. So basically, um, so I work with, with women um, who are, like I said, single, successful in one area or in... Multiple areas, but not when it comes to their personal life. And so, what I like to do is we work through um, figuring out really what does that look like, what does the their ideal relationship look like. And a lot of times, what we find out is that uh, before, as we all know, before we can have that relationship, we need to have. A healthy relationship with ourselves within ourselves. So what I do is I work with them through identifying their non-negotiables, identifying um, their past wounds, what brought them here, what are their patterns in relationships, and what does that, you know, ideal relationship look like for them. And so I feel like although it's the coaching aspect is to help them get clarity to attract a great partner into their life, a lot of it has to do with working really – it's a lot of internal work. Mm -hmm. It's uh, working to figure out, you know, who they are, um, what what type of person, what are their boundaries, what are their fears – and so um, that's kind of how the work uh, started for me. Um, I'm actually right now in the middle of uh, enrolling uh, women into an eight-week coaching program where we would kind of dive deep, but it would be a small online group as opposed to, you know, the one-on-one coaching that I've been doing uh, these past few years.
0: Yeah, there's, there's so much to, to talk about there, you know, the, the, the relationship with yourself before you are able to really... Um, articulate and clarify what you are looking for in, in a in a person. And I know, I know for myself, um, as someone who is on her second marriage and who you know whose marriage is completely different than the first one, you know, now that I know who I am, deep, deep, deep down, um, and to be able to attract that person. So, you know, the, the, tell us more about the, you know working deeply on your own worthiness, right? Knowing that like you are worthy of love. I feel like that's something that a lot of women
1: struggle with. Yeah. And I think that we all, you know, I think even, even the even the people that come from very healthy, uh, you know, family dynamics and upbringings, um, they still all kind of struggle with that. And so for me, I think what I like to do is I like to first take a look at the relationship that um, my clients have with their caregivers. I think that that's super important to to kind of dive deep into. Um, as we all know, those relationships really, um, if they're healthy, um, they, or even if, if they're not unhealthy, they affect our sense of worth, our self-esteem, our sense of identity, our feminine power, our sexuality, you know, feelings, whether we're accepted into the world. So what I like to do is I like to dive deep into really taking a look at, you know, what was that first bond um that you know she had with her mother because it does leave a super great impact on on the life, and um, I guess that's where I like to start off. And going from that, by looking at the family dynamics, you really learn a lot about the person. And so from there on, then we kind of go into their relationship patterns um, because you'd be surprised. A lot of these patterns we tend to repeat. You know, so if we don't work on them. We repeat the same patterns in every relationship. And so it's very important to kind of clear the conditioning and, and really work through the reprogramming, I would say, if it's unhealthy.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's really the, the basis of, of this podcast and the work that we as coaches do is to help people really reprogram those patterns and notice those patterns and interrupt them. Um, so I think the work that you're doing is really important so that we don't go out and, and repeat that, um, the bad mistakes that, and, and still have grace with ourselves and and find out, right? Like what what is right. learned from, from that?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: So you can bring, bring up um, the attachment styles. Um, what would you think, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you can kind of touch on like, what are some symptoms maybe that show that you might not um, have? good attachment? I don't know if there's good or bad. I don't know much about attachment styles, but if you want to talk a
1: little bit. Yeah, so I can definitely get into that. Um, and before I get into it, there's actually an amazing book. Um, oh, it's, yes. called, it's called Attached, um, and it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Um, and the book, yeah, the book talks about, um, it's called Attached, the New Science of Adult Attachment, and how you can help how it can help you find and keep love. So the book just kind of explains, you know, a little bit about the different styles, but I'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, So there are four different types of attachment styles. One is uh, called secure attachment. One is called anxious attachment. One is avoidant and one is anxious avoidant, I believe. And so the difference is, so this theory, um, it was created i believe and in, in it was created a while ago but it was implemented um, not that not that long ago and so it was two researchers and basically what they said was that our our relationships with our with our caregivers or you know, when we were super young, depending on which attachment style we had at that age, it reflects into our adulthood. So, for instance, let's say that you um, you were nurtured as a ch- as a kid. Um, your parents gave you a lot of um, attention, and they were themselves emotionally available. As an adult, you grow up and you have a secure attachment which means that you're comfortable expressing your feelings you're comfortable being you know by yourself you're independent you know how to create clear boundaries you know you're capable of um moving from pain you're trustworthy and so forth um if let's say you did not receive those things from your caregivers as you were growing up because maybe they weren't emotionally present maybe that they weren't physically present, you may grow up and you may develop an anxious attachment styles where you need constant reassurance um, and affection from your partner, or you know you don't enjoy being alone or you're never single. So I think for me personally, I feel like at some point in my life, I, when I was doing this work on myself years ago, I realized that I definitely did have an anxious attachment style for a long time, until I was able to work through that. So the beauty of this is that your attachment styles can change at any time, meaning if you do the work, they can change. So it's not set in stone. You know, if you have, if you're anxious. Uh, if you have an anxious attachment style, then you're doomed, you know, so kind of, um, and it's important to to really do the work. And once, once you do the work, you really realize, aha, uh-huh, you know, this might have been me because my caregivers weren't emotionally available and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think the book is great in the sense where it, they go really in depth with the styles. And then you can also ask your partner if you have one or if you're dating someone you can ask them what their attachment style is because it really helps you get to know them a little bit better
0: so much of the programming was done when we were such young kids oh
1: yeah it's yeah
0: you know thinking about how can we bring up those emotions without judgment and like you said like they're not set in stone i think the most beautiful part of the human brain is that we have a choice to rewire it if we choose to do so otherwise we just choose to be stuck with the patterns that aren't serving us um so you know how do you know how, how do you know that you have patterns that aren't serving you right because i think a big part of you know at least for my coaching is the awareness of like being aware that the results that you're getting are somewhat tied or are tied to the thoughts and the behaviors and the programming from the past right so how do we, how do you help people become aware of that right, you know what are some of the signs that maybe you aren't um, healthy in that regard, you know, uh, with the outlook of like what is, what is a good attachment. Does that make sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It totally makes sense. And so for me, what I, as I said earlier, what I like to do is first, I like to kind of talk about, you know, the upbringing. What was your, you know, relationships like with your parents, your grandparents, just to get an idea of, of that dynamic? And then we go into the, the per- interpersonal relationships between, you know, what are your past relationships look like? Um, and so once you kind of break that down, I think that, most of us, we, we don't actually do the work because it's, it's painful. It's painful to really take a look and to say, wow, you know, I wish I saw this earlier. I wish I could have changed that. And so I believe that my job is to really kind of give them the permission that it's okay, you know, to, to have implement that into the future. So what I like to do is really make a list of let's, let's take a look at the past relationships. And we really dive deep into looking at that. And you'd be surprised how many patterns you see just from that alone. Same thing even with, with friendships, with business relationships, kind of just take a look and you, and you see, okay, here's the pattern. Um, you're constantly uh, pleasing this person, or you're not honoring your own needs. Um, so a lot of it I think a lot of it has to do with, like you said, having that awareness, but sometimes you just need to have someone open, I guess, the the door for you and really help you and hold space for you and guide you in that sense for you to see that. So I also wanted to to add that another thing that I like to, to take my clients through is identifying their everyday stressors and then, and then removing the stressors. I think that that's also very important. So, um, not only just looking at the patterns of, of the past relationships, but also looking at simple things like their stressors um, and then maybe developing some sort of ritual so that they can stay connected to themselves and be in their feminine stress. Also not only it affects every aspect of, of life. So not only the relationships, but mental health, physical health, spiritual and so forth. Um, so being aware of the, even the everyday stressors and kind of, you know, identifying those triggers, you can then work through them and really ask yourself, well, why is this, why is this making me so angry? Why is this situation triggering? What is it triggering in me? And then journaling and writing it down and going back and looking at, at the patterns. Okay. So once you figure that out, you see, okay, this is what I need to work on the specific thing is, is what's causing, you know, my stress levels to go up. It's causing me to, to yell and to be upset and so forth. So I think starting there is, is very powerful.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, and I was, read something on your page. I think it might have been your story or something that really made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. where it's, because I've certainly been in, in relationships like that um, where you constantly create drama and you think oh yeah that's the way that relationships should be, that if everything is normal and there isn't any drama, you think it's boring maybe, or you think that they're just, um, because you're not used to, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you create a- yeah. the environment you might've grown up in. So Yeah,
1: um, so I think that, again, it all stems from yeah. from our childhood, and so if you grew up in a family in a household where both of your caregivers were constantly screaming or yelling or even just talking, you know, very loud, um, you it becomes the norm for you, and then you grow up and you start to have your own relationships and you it's a it's like a repeat pattern of behavior you you repeat what you see growing up and uh, for me that was something that i personally also struggled with especially early on in, in my in one of the first relationships i was ever in i struggled with that where if everything was was good and peaceful i would cause chaos in order to feel um, i guess to feel balanced, which obviously makes no sense yeah. right now. But at the time it made sense for me. It was my comfort zone yeah. and it brought me back to that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I feel you. <clears throat> when I started my, my second um, relationship, I was, um, was constantly looking for like, you know, it was more, I guess the way to put it um, the way that I thought about it was like mind games.
1: Yeah. That's what they call it these
0: days. (laughs) If my husband wasn't playing mind games with me, he doesn't care. Or, you know, um, jealousy is a big one. Like, um, you know, finding ways to like make him jealous or like they were all old patterns that I just thought are normal. Right. Like if he doesn't, if he's not jealous, then does he even care. And it took me a long time and a lot of self deep work to know that like there's a a different level of love that you know is is present and you don't have to be jealous he doesn't have to show me that he cares by being jealous
1: yeah absolutely and i also think that um through that it's also really really great to kind of explore you know other emotions like um shame and guilt and resentment and anger because all those emotions, they live in us at some point or another. And by exploring them, you really get to to see like, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. So if you ever see people who are constantly angry, um, deep down that anger, there's a lot of pain that lies deep down. And so for them, they might not even be aware that that the anger is just something that covers up the the deeper pain. So what I like to do is I like to work through that as well. Um, when we talk about past relationships, even for instance, we can use ourselves as an example. You know, if you talk about a past relationships, what type of emotions does it bring up? Does it bring up emotions of shame, of guilt, sadness? And so it's really, it's really important to kind of really take a look at, at what do those past relationship emotions bring up in you? And then you can learn just from that. Alone.
0: Yeah, like leaning in into those emotions. I, I tell my clients all the time. You know, it's not avoiding those emotions, but sitting with the guilt and sh- sitting with the shame, and then and then thinking about you know what what's the vibrational frequency, what's the vibrational um, signature of this emotion, and where is it coming from, and is where's there evidence that this is true. Um, so I'm glad you bring that up because it's
1: yeah, and and I think that you know growing up in in. And coming here as an immigrant, and, and I think that at back, you know, even looking at my own parents, I don't blame them for, for the fact that their relationship didn't work out. It's because that's all they knew, and they worked with, with, with what they had. And unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of tips or tools or techniques to really, you know, work through the issues that they had. And so, and so, and same, and I say that every day, constantly, you have to be kind with yourself um, and take every relationship failure as a lesson and then implement, you know, what is, what has this relationship taught you? What was the lesson out of that? And you'd be surprised how much you learn once you really step into that, you know, you allow yourself to look at it just for what it is. It was an experience that, taught you something. There has to be something positive that came out of that experience.
0: And then, um, you know, also touching on, again, on the self-love part um, to, you know, you know, from again, you know, from my past relationships, thinking about, you know, always caring about the physical, like, what do I look like physically? Because if I don't look perfect physically, he might not care, you know, care. He might not love me. And I know that when I met Jay, my husband, it was a deeper spiritual connection that, like, allowed me to love myself fully for everything that I am and I stand for and I have, you know, done and everything, right? So I think it's a, it's a next level sort of unconditional love um, that comes with loving yourself and, uh, and accepting yourself fully first. Um
1: you speak on- I, I totally agree. And so, what I like to do is I like to um, tell my my clients to to create like a pre date ritual. So, for instance, if it's some if they're going on just the first date with someone that they met, or if it's if it's someone that they've been dating for quite some time, I think it's really awesome to create these pre date rituals. Where, what does that mean? It's it's ways that you can stay connected to yourself. So, whether it's you know, um, going to get a facial the day before or getting your nails, your hair done, whatever makes you feel good about yourself prior to going on the date. I think that it's powerful. And it puts you in a different um, energy level. And you just you feel great, you know, before anything even happens.
0: I love that. I I think I'm going to start doing that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it connects yeah. yourself first, So then you can fully show up for your partner. Or if you're not meeting someone, yeah. you show up as your fullest self and not um, as someone you think you should be. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's it's great. Like I said, even for couples, it's just, it's something that kind of, it's a call, I call them the pre-date rituals and they're, they're really great. And um, I do them on myself as well, where um, I'll get like my hair done and as you know, just Just by doing that one thing, you feel so sexy, you feel really, um, I guess, beautiful. And so that kind of sets the tone for for the day. (laughs)
0: Yeah, which is like another thing that I, from personal experience, have always struggled with like the, um, well, first control, right? Like trying to control someone or a situation and, and not a lot or not wanting to be controlled um, and not allowing my feminine energy. And I know you talk about this, the feminine energy that is within us that, you know, kind of flows with the male energy and sometimes to allow them to do something for us and not always try to be like, you know, the, the, the balance between independence and yet being feminine and allowing the man to do something for us.
1: You know? Yeah. And a lot of my my clients actually struggle with that as well, where they're super independent, successful and in, in like one aspect. And then how do you balance the feminine and the masculine energies? We we have that. All of us have that within us. Just some of them. Some of us have more you know, masculine than feminine and so forth. And I think that you made a great point. Like, how do you let go of the control or um, or letting your partner just kind of take over um, and help you a bit. And I think that a lot of that really starts with, again, looking inward and, um, and asking yourself, well, well, what will happen if you give that control up? What would change? It's kind of just almost like questioning your, that inner voice or whatever that feeling that makes you want to not give the control up the control, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. I mean, I, I know I. That's something that I've personally. I mean, I still, you know, have moments where I'm like, okay, well, I just need to like step back, do <laughs> it, and not, you know, and, and especially, and I know. Um, and so, let's maybe jump into the mantras. Uh, well. We call them mantras, affirmations, mental loops, uh, or the sentences in your mind. The the things that we can visualize that we can say to ourselves daily, that are going to allow us to become the person we that's good in with relationships, that's good with um, in romantic relationships or just relationships in general. And you had mentioned you had a couple of mantras, so if you don't mind sharing those with us.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's mantras are powerful, um, especially when you're, you know, going through something or you're having just even a rough, a rough day. So for me, um, I think it, it all started when I was, uh, I got out of a, a long-term relationship. Um, I was actually um, engaged. I was with someone for eight years and we were engaged for three weeks and I broke off the engagement Just realizing that this wasn't my person, although he was a great person, an amazing person, just wasn't my person. And so um, at the time when I was kind of going through that and feeling, you know, very, I had a lot of shame and just a lot of guilt. What really helped me was my mantra was just remembering why are you doing this? Meaning, you know, why are you breaking off the relationship? Why did you choose to stay in the relationship for so many years knowing that you weren't happy? And so for me, and the same thing with my, with my business, it's like, you know, that why, what is your why? And, and you can implement that in in different ways. It doesn't have to just be towards like work or towards your business goals, but even in the relationships. And at the time it was something that I kept telling myself, you know, um, just, if you walk away, have the courage to to walk away and to really create the life that you want to have. So my mantra was, you know, be bold, have the courage to walk away, to pursue your, to create the life that you want to create. That was one of them. Um, I had another mantra, which, um, I, I don't really, I don't really use it anymore. Um, but, I think it it was at at the time again as as we evolve as we get you know as we grow our mantras change which is i think it's it's great and so um another mantra for me that worked really well was um, you are amazing and you can pursue absolutely anything you can become anything that you want to become and that was when i wanted to start the business and um kind of go on my own so yeah those those two were really powerful for me during my dark days when I was really lost and going through a lot of different life changes
0: yeah and clearly they have worked because here you are building your business and Ina know is engaged since two weeks ago right two weeks yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: 2020 um has been a very crazy year but luckily it's actually been a very very blessed great year for me personally in many aspects (laughs) Um, oh yeah and even with kind of just um you know talking about what you just mentioned even with this year of just being entirely crazy and stuff I always like to look at like the lessons, you know, what what have you learned um, even about yourself and, you know, people who were partnered up during COVID and I'm sure that they learned a ton about their partner and then those that were single um, learned a lot about themselves as well during these like stressful times. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a whole other podcast <laughs> episode, but I think it's just always great to take a look at the at the lessons of especially when you're going through something that is um, unpleasant or life-changing. So I always like to, I always start with what is the lesson? Mm -hmm. What is it trying to teach you? What is it trying to show you um, that can make your life better in the future?
0: Um, One more thing that I just wanted to bring up and then we can kind of close out, but you know, what about the women in in the audience who might've been out dating for a while? and just aren't able to find that guy for them like they're just you know they're not seeing him they're not finding him do you encounter clients like that where it's just like it's like why you know is it that really there aren't any great men out there or is that something that is that has to do with clarity like figuring out like what they want or how would you how
1: would you approach that? Yeah, so um, I actually do have, I, I do have women who basically, they just, they use the line of, I'll, I'll know when I see it. And I just don't think that that works, um, because at the end of the day, you, you need to have an idea of what type of person you're looking for, what are you, you know, what are you interested in? And so what I like to do with those specific clients is really have them kind of get to know themselves all over again, because I feel like somewhere along the line, they lost, they just lost that, that feeling of, of who they are, what type of person they're even interested or they're looking for. So what we do is we kind of just go back and work through, you know, finding who they are as a person. What are they interests? What are their hobbies? What do they have any dreams? Do they have any goals? And so We kind of start with that, and then through that, we get an idea of at least what type of partner they're looking for. And if they can't figure that out, what we do figure out is what type of person does not work for them. So kind of starting with that works very well, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, but with also like think about it with social media with all these different outlets yes. you think like you have all these options all these choices where it's like you you can't come up with it you can't you know make the decision but ultimately like you said you make the decision and stick to it and love the decision that you make.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Same thing for personal relationships because because relationships are work they take There. There are a lot of work to make them um, to make them healthy to make them happy it's it's not just like you pick a partner and then you have these expectations and when they don't fall when they can't deliver you become you know upset or you start wondering why did I choose this partner but a lot of it has to start with yourself you have to be the person who's willing to give a hundred percent into the relationship and expect a hundred percent from your partner. It's not 50, 50, it's a hundred and a hundred.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like it, anyone who thinks that should just flow and it's always, it's going to be, it's not, you know, cause you see that quote out there, like if it's, if it's real love, it shouldn't feel like work. Uh uh,
1: that's bullshit. That's such bullshit, and and I see that a lot. Like people post, you know, Instagram um, posts where they they write that it should feel easy. Who created that? Who says that it should feel easy? Life is hard. It takes work, and why wouldn't the relationships be?
0: takes work making a decision as well right i mean it's just not gonna all get into you know and 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 like lastly i'm gonna say you know before my husband i I think i thought that it was faith i had i i kind of had this hope or this belief that it was an external driver that you know the person that i was with was just i'm meant to be it's my soulmate it's rich and you know like whatever. There's all kinds of beliefs, right? But I think that ultimately, yeah, you can find the person that can be your soulmate, but then also you have to work for it and you have to identify like what kind of couple do we want to be? Um, and we're not perfect, right? So like um, saying that, you know, it's just what's meant to be is meant to be, or what's meant to be is not meant to be. Like that's another kind of, I think, thing that uh, throws off a lot of people that like, you're not going to just see this person. It's going to be forever, and it's just going to be happy ending, you know, it's like you
1: have to really make decisions. Yeah, I think you make such an, a great point um, just by hearing you speak about soulmates. So um, personally, I also had a very similar experience um, in my last relationships. in my last relationship, where I also thought like, oh, I met my soulmate, we're going to get married, this is it for me, you know, I found the one. And I think that you almost enable yourself in a sense where you feel like you have this strong feeling, but it should not undermine the fact that you still need to put in the work. And you, you put this person up on a pedestal. And then once you break up and you kind of take a step back and you look at the relationship, you really see people for who they are. We're all flawed. We're not perfect. But in the moment, it's like you, you made this person out to be almost, um, you know, like, like a unicorn, I guess. And so, yeah. And so I think it's dangerous to really even use those terms like soulmates and because you can have a soulmate who is your friend and it could be from the same sex or um, your soulmate could be just someone that comes in your life for a short period of time and then leaves. So soulmates don't necessarily mean like it's forever. Like you said, doesn't necessarily mean forever. And plus, As we get older, um, we change, we grow. So things that we wanted when we were 20, we may no longer want at 30 and at 40 and so forth. Mm -hmm. So um, when when you look at it that way, you realize that at the end of the day, relationships are two people who come together. And the most important part is they choose each other over and over every single day.
0: Over and over. Love that that is so well said. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. This has been oh. one of my favorites so far, I think, cuz just Thank
1: you so much. I'm just so grateful that we connected, our paths crossed and, you know, that I was able to to speak on your platform and and just I'm just so grateful for the fact that, you know, you and I got together during this crazy 2020 time.
0: (laughs) If I come to New York or you come to St. Louis and- Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I've never been, so I am totally down to go.
0: (laughs) So tell the audience where they can find you. I know your website has a quiz. Um, You have a ton of content on your um, Instagram. So what are the handles?
1: Yeah, so um, you can either find me on my website, which is enamel.com, Or you can DM me on my Instagram, which is I am Ina Mel. And that would probably be the best and the fastest way to get in touch with me is through Instagram.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, you have an awesome rest of the day.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. You too.
0: Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave me a review. Also, if you are ready to get a coach, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, if you are ready to upgrade your mental loops, reach out to me on any of the social media channels or on my website for you're free.